What does it take to have a great life? What can you do to make things easier, to have a happy and healthy family, make more money with what you already know, and how do you become a phenomenal leader? If you want the answers to these questions and more, you just found the right podcast. It's about to get real. Hi, my name's Chad Muncy, and I'm here to share practical advice from my success and experience in business, family, leadership, and life. I'm also here to talk to people who want and have gotten the same results. Get ready to be better at it all. Welcome to the Chad Muncy Show. Hey, what is up, everybody? I hope you're having an incredible, incredible day. I hope it's productive. And even if it's not productive and you're just sitting at home, I hope you're relaxing, spending some time with yourself, your pets, your family. I just hope you're enjoying life right now. That's what it's all about. And I want you to sit back and relax and listen to this episode. I've brought in a guest who is going to tell you about an incredible journey that she went on. Uh, She was in corporate America. She had a job. Her husband had a job. And they did the same thing a lot of people do that do the nine to five and they work every day, five days a week, but they don't really have any creation of time freedom for themselves. They don't have any fulfillment like I didn't have because I wasn't creating my own way. I wasn't my own boss. And then I jumped out of it just like that. She jumped out of that. Uh, Her and her husband owned a business and they took it from a stagnant business that was doing okay to just blowing it out of the water, winning awards, winning customer service satisfaction awards, uh, that, and they were compared to Chick-fil-A. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop talking now because I want her to explain the situation, explain the story, and then I want you to draw inspiration from that and understand that no matter where you're at right now, you can get out of that if you want to. You can actually have a life where you're creative, you make money from that creativity, you're your own boss, and that's what this episode is about. I really appreciate you listening to the Chad Muncy Show and going through this transition with me because I'm going from just talking about business into trying to inspire you to do other things and talk about other subjects, but this episode happens to be about business and about jumping out into your own world of creative freedom. So enjoy this episode and thank you for listening. Let's go. So today I'm really excited about this episode. And one of the reasons is I like to have people on here that not only talk the talk, but people that walk the walk and actually know what they're talking about. And one of the things that really attracted me to talking to who I'm having on today, Tina, is that she not only coaches people on how to do things, how to do things correctly, how to build a solid foundation, and she has experience in that. And I love your, I love the story. So Tina, thank you, first of all, for being on the show. I really appreciate it. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for the invite. Absolutely. So let me tell a little bit about you and then you can fill in all the holes. Um, I, I do know that 
Tina was kind of thrown into the fire like I was. I wasn't planning on owning a cleaning company, but I did. She wasn't planning on owning an HVAC company, which she eventually did, which was not what she was trained on. She didn't go to school on any of that. And your husband did not either. He was in IT, right? Yes. He was in IT and both of Tina and her husband went and bought an HVAC company and fell in love with it at first. And then things got a little hectic, but they figured it out the hard way and learned how to do things right, correctly, make it about people, fix culture, all the things that I love. I love to teach people about. And so I'm excited for you to tell us that story just a little bit before we break into kind of your expertise on this, because you've got a lot. Uh, so, you know, my husband and I, we both had very different backgrounds. I've got an accounting uh, background. I'm a CPA. And then my husband uh, took the track of the IT project management type of role. And his parents want, they owned an HVAC company for decades and they decided it was time to retire. Some different buyers, they were, um, they, those deals fell through. And one day, magically, we cannot explain it. We woke up and we were like, why don't we buy this business? You know, like, you know, a CPA and an IT, you know, what could possibly go wrong? And so we were definitely armed with, you know, dreams of, you know, changing the industry. And uh, it was just a really crazy ride. Uh, Overall, it was super awesome. We lost money uh, the first six months, which was not my plan as a CPA, mm. but you know there were a lot of things that just needed to be fixed. We were at the you know detriment of uh, the weather, and there were just a lot of things. And so the great thing is, within two years, our customer service was compared to Chick Fil A. Our uh, our culture won Birmingham's best places to work. Uh, we were very profitable. So all the things finally started to come to fruition, just like we dreamed. It just took a little longer than we expected. <laughs> there were some things broken that we had to fix. So we were, it was an awesome, awesome roller coaster <laughs> for sure. This is cool. I, I love that you talk, you talk about culture, you talked about people. Uh, and I love that because it, without uh, one of my mentors a long time ago, before I even owned a business, you know, he said, you, you will not get anywhere in life if you don't learn to trust people and they don't volunteer to help you. Because without people actually saying, yes, you can pay me, but I will do my best for your company. You don't have a company. You're just a one person show. And so making it about people and the culture and making sure people are happy is a huge part of it. And uh, I asked Tina to come on here today, not just to share her story, but to share some of the experiences that she had and some of the expertise that she has now, even more so because she learned it. You were kind of in the fire and you you learned that way, which is probably the best, sometimes the hardest way to learn, but it was the best way to learn. So I want to talk about, um, first of all, let's talk about people in my audience are, are people who either want to own a business and they're thinking, I don't know if I want to yet, but I'm, I want to get into it. Or people who have started a business and are stuck and they're like, I feel like I can't grow this. I can't get any further. So let's talk to those two people right now. And I want you to talk about how you can create a company that will become profitable. 
Probably one of the the biggest things is you've got to really surround yourself with the right people and charge the right price. When you get those two things right, you have the flexibility to weather the storm because surprises are coming. It's coming. But when you when you have the right people, even if you're not ready to hire anyone, when you have a business coach, when you have mentors, when you go out to networking groups and you've got those two or three people on speed dial where, hey, I'm, I've run into this problem and you've got those people that you can um, run those ideas by. And then the pricing, you know, when we first start our business, we think we need to charge, we need to be the cheapest in town. <laughs> But that is the that is the, the worst thing you can do. So if you know your competitor is charging $100, please, please, please do not just charge $90 because you are starting your business off on the wrong foot because you're not likely to have the money that you need to pay yourself. You should be paying yourself fair market value of what you would be providing that business if you were an employee. You're not going to have money to hire someone. So you're going to be stuck in this unsustainable business model, and you're always going to be in that hamster wheel. But if you get the right people and the right price, uh, and you really understand the true cost of owning that business, you will set yourself up for a great foundation to where you'll start seeing these opportunities. You'll start attracting the right people because when you charge the right price, you're going to attract great customers that value your service or your product. They're not going to be complaining every other day. They're not going to have a bunch of returns or requests for <laughs> refunds because if you, if, you char- if you charge really low at the beginning, you're never going to be able to, it's really hard to attract those awesome customers on the back end because you've got to kind of break your business. And that's essentially what we ended up doing. Mm. We almost ended up breaking the business because we had to have so many things redone and go back to the framework. So even though the company had been around since 1961, we had about 15 employees we ended up having to break it all the way down in so many different areas. So if you lay down the right tracks in the beginning, you won't have to come back to the beginning because mm. you're going to do it one way or the other, either do it on the front end or wait till you grow to 20 employees and then break it all down because sustainable businesses need the right foundation and it's people and the right pricing. That's great. And while we're on this subject, from your experience, well, and from your expertise, um, when it comes to pricing, what would you say to people out there who are already in business and they would say to you, well, I'm afraid if my prices are too high, they'll go to my competitor. What would you say to them? It's possible, but um, you've really got to understand your true cost. So, you know, our price is not just based on our cost. There's value, there's convenience, there's a lot of different things that we can package into making our service or our product very attractive. And so it's impossible to make the volume model work unless you've got the cash behind you like Walmart or Amazon. It's just really hard to make that work. That's good. in the smaller business model. So you've got to get this whole high, oh, I just need to sell more. Well, no, if it's a service, you have 24 hours in a day Mm. and you still need to sleep. 
You still need to do the administrative side of the business. You need to go sell. There are so many aspects that you've got to consider that are not necessarily billable. And then from a product standpoint, there's only so much marketing dollars that you have on the front end because you've got to have the capital for the inventory. You know, there's limitations no matter what you're selling. So thinking that you can just make it up in volume, there's a joke. Hey, I paid a dollar for the pencil and I'm going to sell it for 95 cents but I'm going to make it up in volume. That's what businesses do all the time because they don't really understand how much it's really costing them. It seems so obvious there, but there's two main costs that business owners do not consider when they're setting their prices. It's their time because they think, oh, well, you know, I'll just wait and be paid with the profits later. Now, blame a little bit of that on the tax structure because small businesses are either a sole proprietor or a single member LLC. And so their tax accountant's telling them, oh, you shouldn't pay yourself a salary. Okay. From a tax standpoint, you don't pay yourself a salary. But from a profit and a cash flow and a pricing standpoint, you pay yourself a salary because without your time, your business you wouldn't have a business. So (laughs) that is a direct cost of your business. And then also consider the taxes. So many people, it's this hidden expense that surprises people, but it's like, it's coming April 15th every year. Why are you surprised? And so then they strip out all their cash so they can zero out the profit. Well, the problem with that is you're three months later, you don't have cash that you need to go into possibly your busy season. And so just really understanding that taxes is a cost of doing business. Go out to any big publicly traded company, and I promise you, the board of directors, um, every manager, the CEO, all of them are getting paid. Plus, taxes are actually a line item on the financial statement. Mm -hmm. So those costs are considered in their pricing. And we as small business owners need to have more of that big company um, feel or thought process, even though it might not show up on our financial statement. We need to consider that in our pricing. So that way, because cash flow starts with pricing. If you do not consider it in your, in your pricing, I promise you, it has zero chance of it ending up in your bank account. Mm, that's great advice. And I think... I think people people don't realize sometimes perspective is huge and they you need to look at it like you said from the customer's perspective people think when they see a lower price they automatically already think lower quality and mm-hmm. unfortunately a lot of business owners put themselves in that scenario where they are actually having to provide lower quality because they don't have the cash flow to to be a higher quality company. I mean, you you talked about your company was looked at and compared to Chick-fil-A as far as customer service. If I saw you guys on the news, them talking about awards you've won and how your customer service was incredible, your employees were amazing, in my head, I already know I'm going to have to pay a little bit more for that company if I want them, but I'm also not going to have the headache and the other things that go along with lower price services. So this is huge. I think this is a big struggle for a lot of people getting that out of their mind. Like, oh, I can't be more expensive than somebody else because people, but people are also going to look at you as a better quality company. Yes. (laughs) And 
Go ahead. And, you, and one of the misconceptions is you have to have the same profit margin across all of your services and all of your products. Right. But I'm sure you're aware of there's things called the loss leader. <laughs> and so maybe in, so like in the HGAC world, our loss leader were the precision tune-ups and then, you know, sometimes the uh, maintenance agreements. And so you people will pick up the phone and they will compare pricing on services like that. Mm-hmm. But once you get into, um, you know, replacing a compressor, some of the more expensive repairs, you can have different profit margins uh, where you're trying to attract people in, get it to where they just fall in love with your employees and your mm-hmm. culture. And then when you do need to help them with a bigger repair, you educate them on their options and you're they're not as price sensitive. Now, you're always going to have some people, it's like, oh my gosh, right. goodness, that's too much. I need to do my three beds or whatever. But, but you have, you've already laid the foundation to where you yes. showed up on time, you did what you said, you stand behind it. And that's another thing that gets people in their pricing. If you strip your price all the way down to the bare bones, to where everything, the rainbows and unicorns have to come out perfectly for you to make that little bit of profit that you're estimating, your business has a hard time overcoming those speed bumps. Mm. When what happens when you got a a batch that has to be returned. Who's going to pay for that? Right. Or maybe the service technician did not turn that safety switch on and water has come through the ceiling <laughs> and you've got to replace the bed and the drywall and all of that. You've got to have the margin for all of that miscellaneous that's coming because that's a big part of when you charge the right price, you're not the bottom feeder. You charge the right price you stand behind your service mm. or your product and you've got to have money left over to where you can stand behind it because yeah. you either have to pay for a subcontractor to go do it or someone on your team or you know pull another product out of inventory so when you when you've got all of that instead of thinking about it you know flat like i've got to just have this exact calculator with all of your services you could have a front end that gets people to where they love your service And then you can have more of like a higher touch boutique type of pricing on the back Mm, end. So that way you can have the different pricing models, depending on what your goals are and, you know, what, what you want out of it. A lot of business owners forget to think, what do you want? Mm -hmm. Right. They think the business, they think they're going to start a business and they're going to have to do certain things because that business is going to dictate it. But you you can build your own business how you want it to run and how you want it to function. Yes, because businesses should return an investment on your time and your money, Mm. on your time and your money. A lot of people think, oh, well, you know, I'm going to start this business. I'd rather work 80 hours for myself than, <laughs> than work for the man. You know, that all, that all sounds really good on paper, but three, five, 10 years in, right? it's not sustainable. And then you don't have a business that is attractive to a buyer. You know, that was one of the great things about our business. You know, we had a business that I don't know how to fix an air conditioner. Our business worked without me and my husband. So it was very attractive when the private equity firm came along and wanted to buy it. And so you've got to think, and I understand not everybody's thinking about selling it when they're just trying to start it, but you've got to kind of lay that foundation for, do you get time and money back out of it? Is it attractive to someone else? 
Because, you know, stay in micro, you mentioned in your intro of your podcast around $200,000, $250,000. That is an awesome business. And maybe that's the size that people want to stay at, but it needs to give back that time and money so it's sustainable long-term. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that's that's kind of what I teach too, is for people to, even if you're not going to sell it, you should build your business so that you have options in the future. Mm -hmm. It's not a good business if you build a business and if you leave that business, you stop making money and you're stuck work. Like you said, working, who wants to work 80 hours a week the rest of their life? And if they stop that, money quits coming in. You know, it's just not sustainable, like you said. So my story was very similar to yours where we, when I built the business, literally everything I did, I wrote in a notebook and I built a system for everything I did because I told my wife, I said, when I can get out of each position as fast as possible, that's what I want to do. And then we sold it to someone who didn't want to work a business. You know, he wanted to own a business, but not work it every day. So I love that you brought up that point. I think that's huge. And I want people to think about that. One of the next things um, that you talked about, uh, you talked about four break-even points for cash flow. Can you go into that a little bit? You know, a lot of you know of the experts, they like to talk about break even from the standpoint of you know, look at your budget, look at all of the expenses, your rent, the cost of the labor, your utilities if you have a building, mm-hmm. your insurance, all those types of things. And so there the thought process is the first break even is your profit break even. What do you need to sell so that way at the end of the month you are break even zero. And that kind of gives you a baseline of what you need to sell. The problem is that does not provide the cash flow that you need for some of the other areas in the business because a lot of times it's very focused in on the profit and loss statement, mm-hmm. just sales, direct cost, and then overhead. And that's what the, the profit break even is. And so if you build it based on that model, then if you've got a loan, Where's that cash flow coming from? Mm-hmm. You still need the cash for that. So, um, from my viewpoint, the second break even point, you've got to consider your cash flow needs because out of that profit, you still need to have cash left over to pay the any loans, line of credit, car loans, anything like that. You've got to replenish your capital, your inventory. What if you allowed customers to pay? on accounts receivable where you provide that service or product today, but they don't pay you for 30 days. (laughs) Where's that cash coming from? And then your taxes, you know, if you, for most of us, small businesses, taxes is not a line item that we think about when we're thinking about our profit break even. And so the second one is the cash flow. What are those other cash flow commitments that are hiding over on the balance sheet that you've got to really think about. So that's the second break even. And then also, I know it's hard to do, but a lot of business owners, they need to think about the third one. What do you as the business owner need? And you've, you know, even though, yeah, you can wear like a little badge of honor that you can go a little bit of time without taking a a paycheck from the business, (laughs) because, hey, I own my business. But again, that's not sustainable. Mm And you're not considering that in your prices. So you've got to really sit down. What do you need out of the business? And if you're not sure, just say fair market value for what you would pay someone else to. Like if you are primarily the salesperson 
what would you pay that salesperson? If you were primarily the operations person, what would you pay? What is that role? And I know we're all thinking I'm worth a million dollars, <laughs> but you know, be, be realistic. And also I want you to take it a step further and think about your benefits. If you were an employee doing the same thing somewhere else, what would the full package look like? Health insurance, retirement, you are going to blink. I don't care if you're 25 years old, you are going to blink and you're going to be at retirement age. Who's paying for it? If you're not saving up now for that, and then you don't have a business that's sellable and you can't work 80 hours anymore, where's your retirement coming from? So the personal break-even is a very key part of it. So that way you're not always just waiting for the leftovers. Oh, I hope I make money this month so I can (laughs) take some money home. And so the last one is the growth plans. And so if you're planning on growing, I want you to think about your business three years from now. Go ahead and draw out your perfect organizational chart for three years from now. Right now, you, you wear the hat for every single one. But three years from now, do you really like I'm not a big fan of sales. So I, as soon as I can, I want to hire someone to fill that role. And so go ahead and dream a little bit. And when you include what your growth plans are, you're going to have the extra money built into your pricing. So that way, over the next three years, every month, you're saving up a little bit of money. So that way, when that three-year mark hits, you actually have the money to fund your growth. Now, you still might want to borrow a little bit of money, but you're not borrowing 100%. Maybe you're only borrowing 50%, Mm -hmm. but you have those options again to where you've got your your profits taken care of, all of your cash flow commitments are taken care of, your personal finances are taken care of. That's why we started our business, right? And then your growth plans are funded. So when you think about it from all those different angles, and you consider that in your pricing, you're more likely to charge the right price and set up those great financial financial foundations that you need for your business. So that way you're not stuck on that hamster wheel, you know, from now till doomsday. <laughs> oh, I love this. I love it because it's all, it, it's not guesswork. It's all about planning in the beginning. If you're starting a business or if you're running, even if you're running a business, stop and you feel like it's a train going out of control, stop, reevaluate, Think about all these things, adjust your pricing, forget the customers who are going to complain about it. Just you've got to do it because it's your business. It's your business and nobody else is going to make the decisions for you. This is a two-parter. So if you want to hear the rest of this incredible interview, listen to episode 18. We skipped two and then this one comes back in on episode 18. Thank you so much for listening to the Chad Muncie Show. Please have it over the website if you have a chance, the Chad Muncie Show dot com and also make sure you subscribe so that you can stay informed when our episodes come out we'll talk to you later have a great day